Hi friends, Happy New Year. My name is Celine, I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from guilt, shame, and pride. You are a murderer. You are damaged goods. You come from a dysfunctional family. Nobody is going to want you. Those words kept running through my head as I wrestled with depression in 2011. My battle with guilt and shame was not a new one. It began when I made the decision to have not one but two abortions. The burden worsened as I endured broken relationships, emptiness, and the heartache in the years to come. I'm an, adu I'm an adult of it. I'm an adult child of an alcoholic father. I did not realize that daily drinking that occurred was not normal until after I moved out and started life apart from my childhood environment. My dad started drinking at the age of 10 years old when he lost his parents. Due to the effects of alcoholism, I never knew what to expect from one day to the next. My home life became predictably unpredictable. My parents were constantly arguing. Most of the arguments ended with my dad leaving the house. Needless to say, conflict resolution was not demonstrated for me. To drown out the sounds of chaos, I found security and isolation by retreating in my, to my room. Back then, as long as I did what I was told, things would go well for me and I would receive conditional love. That conditional love marked the beginning of my struggle with people-pleasing. After high school, I moved to Arlington, Texas to go to college. During this time, I was cohabitating with someone whom I thought loved me. The reality was I did not know what love meant. It was distorted for me as a little girl. My fear of abandonment caused me to stay in a relationship even if it was unhealthy and that's where I was, in an unhealthy relationship. Side notes, adult children of alcoholics have a tendency to be attracted to alcoholics with other compulsive personalities, and that was me. When I graduated from college, the next step was to get married. After all, I had been with this person for about 10 years. Marriage was to be expected at this point. Due to the ups and downs of our past, I knew deep down inside this was not right, but got married anyway. I felt stuck. I also felt unworthy and that no one else would want or love me. Shortly after getting married, I realized I was empty inside. My marriage was not fulfilling. There was a void and along with that void, Guilt and shame began to appear. When eventually, we eventually divorced, leaving me to be a single parent to my sweet PJ. Keep in mind, divorce is not part of God's plan, reconciliation is. At the time, I knew of Christ and occasionally went to church, but I never thought about having a relationship with him. I didn't even know how to have one. After all, I didn't ha have a relationship with my earthly father who was tangible. God began working in my life when he strategically placed people, his people, in my path to lead me to him. A new co-worker started a Bible study at our office during lunchtime, and out of curiosity, I attended. While this was happening at two different occasions, other co-workers invited me to go to Watermark with them. I finally said yes to the second invitation, mostly because she said she would meet me there. The Sunday I visited Watermark, a woman shared about how God changed her life through Someone Cares, a recovery ministry for women who had been hurt by past abortions. I thought I had worked through both losses, 
but still I found myself signing up for Someone Cares. I didn't even know anyone, and in my mind that was good because I could come and go without getting close to anybody. I also thought I would be able to make it through the class without any problems. After all, this had happened a long time ago. What else, what else could I possibly work on? Clearly, I had no idea what I'd gotten myself into. The ladies were sweet and caring. They were constantly checking up on me to see how I was doing. I was not used to this kind of love, and it took me a while to open up, as I was so used to keeping people at arm's length. We continued further into the program, and then reality hit. I had numbed my pain and placed both abortions into a sealed box, never to be opened. Christ was working on me throughout this time, and it wasn't during and it was during this class where I learned Isaiah 118 through 19, which states, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. The thought of him picking me up and cleansing my bloody stains was very comforting. During my time in Someone Cares, I accepted Christ as my Savior. I had realized I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus' death on the cross for my sins was a free gift that I could never repay. There is no amount of good works I can do that would cancel any of my debt. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 states, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I needed a Savior who heals bitterness and pain, a Savior who gives strength to resist temptation, and provides peace through hardships, a Savior who gives joy and one who provides freedom. The Savior is Jesus. By accepting, trusting, and believing in Christ as the perfect payment for my sins, along with confessing him as Lord, I have been saved and reconciled to God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 states, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I also learned Psalm 34, 4-5. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered, are never, shall never be ashamed. I was a new creation after accepting him and I could feel the weight of guilt and shame being lifted. My life after accepting Christ was not perfect and still isn't. I wish I could say I immediately walked away from my selfishness, lack of trust, and sinful desires. I had to work through a transitional period of worldly living versus living for Christ. In 2008, I found myself waffling on whether or not I should attend regeneration. I couldn't imagine what else God had to show me after all. I had been through someone cares and divorce care. What could I possibly have left to work on? So stubbornly, I chose to move on with my agenda instead of listening to the Holy Spirit. Within step one, it states, when we reject God's plan, God allows us to seek our satisfaction and purpose elsewhere. He gives us over to our desires, and they begin to rule us. Living with one foot in the world and the other in church was miserable. Ultimately, 10 months later, God brought me right back where I needed to be at Regen. Note to self, God pursues and always wins. The Lord uses ministry to help me see that I was comparing my earthly father to my heavenly father. He also shed some light on my family relationships that I needed to work on, while also showing me what scripture says about my worth. 
in his eyes, I'd always struggle with guilt, shame, low self-worth, and accepting God's forgiveness. But by refusing to accept his forgiveness and restoration, I was devaluing Christ's death on the cross for my sins. Learning to rest in the fact that his grace paid for all my sins was a game changer. I finally understood that God wanted my heart, and with that comes transformation. With transformation comes following Christ, trusting he has my best interest at heart and is not trying to shortchange me. The Lord revealed to me that my significance comes from him and not man. He also showed me that I needed to remove the things in my path that may cause me to stumble along with the relationships that were pulling me in the wrong direction. There were friendships that needed to end and playgrounds I needed to change. All the things I had been exposing myself to needed to be reevaluated through the lens of Christ. I'm so thankful that the Lord transformed my heart through his word and his people. I was surrounded by women who loved me, held me accountable, and reminded me of God's goodness. I was very content in my new life with Christ. I spent my time meeting with my community group and serving. I felt pretty strong. Then 1 Corinthians 10:12 hit. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Along with 1 Peter 5:8, be alert and of sober mind. That your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. In 2011, I battled with depression. That is when the following words took over. You are a murderer. You are damaged goods. You come from a dysfunctional family, and no one is going to want you. Once again, an overwhelming sense of guilt and shame reared its ugly head. Step eight, forgiveness reminded me that I was not allowing God's word to have full authority. I was allowing Satan's lies to take control. Thankfully, with the encouragement of my community group, seeking godly counsel and memorizing scriptures, I was able to overcome this time fairly quickly. I share this time with you all to remind you that once you have finished Regen, it doesn't mean you have graduated and are healed. It is only the beginning of your healing process. Regen gives you the tools to implement and move forward in a healthy manner towards intimacy with Christ. This journey of healing and redemption with the Lord prepared me to become emotionally healthy for the next chapter, marriage. In 2013, I married Chris. He has a tender heart, pursues and encourages me, and most importantly, deeply loves the Lord. The Lord has also strengthened my faith as we have walked through difficult seasons of betrayal and broken trust. During this time, the Lord took me to the book of Hosea. If you've not read it, I'd encourage you to do so. It's about the life of Hosea and Gomer, which is symbolic of the relationship between God and his people. Hosea repeatedly paid for and took Gomer back, despite her rebellion and ongoing adultery. I too have been bought for a price and redeemed through the blood of Christ so I can be reconciled and forgiven by our Heavenly Father despite my rebellion. Because of this, I needed to forgive so our marriage could heal and move forward. Isaiah 2, 14 through 15 states, Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And I will give her her vineyards and make the valley of Accor a door of hope. I've learned that my hard times are good opportunities to sit with God while he works in me. The Lord has been faithful to lead me through the wilderness where it's unsafe and reveal that he is my safe place. 
When I cry out to God, he takes my bitter circumstances and sweetens them. God can be trusted to lead us to his perfect place by his perfect route in his perfect time. I began a study on the life of Moses. God took Moses to the desert to have that intimate time with him, prepping him to lead the Israelites. Moses was hesitant, unsure, and full of excuses. This part of Moses' life really spoke to me as I too was in the desert with the Lord, being prepped for yet another stage in life, career change. My corporate job of designing and traveling to fun places brought me a lot of joy. However, in 2014, I was laid off. Being laid off is a humbling experience, and the loss of my job revealed to me once again that my significance comes from Christ, not my job job status or title. Also, that experience was necessary in order for God to get my attention. You see, on my way to work every morning, I would drive by a pregnancy center. And most times I would say to myself, oh yeah, I need to check that place out. I knew this was a prompting by the Holy Spirit and chose to be disobedient. I did this for about two years. I was, after I was laid off and spent some time wandering in the desert on a whim, I finally went to the pregnancy center one Tuesday morning. After talking to the client services manager, I filled out an application and began volunteering right away. This is where I needed to be and I knew it. Serving at the center provided continued healing from my abortions and the reliance on the Lord as I listened and comforted others as I had been comforted. During this time, I was also able to do some freelance work, which was a huge gift from from the Lord. After serving at the center for a little over a year, with projects coming to an end, I began doubting and questioning if this is where I was supposed to be. Am I making a difference to those I encounter? What are my next steps for a job career change? At one point, I asked the Lord to throw me a bone, and he threw several. First, with a few sweet encounters from different clients, and then with a job offer at the pregnancy center. I was not expecting that at all. In reflecting my walk with Christ, the secret that haunted me for many years, guilt, shame, and low self-esteem, led me to Someone Cares where I accepted Christ and found healing, just sharing my story at Regent in front of hundreds of people. A couple of years ago, I shared my story with my parents about the abortions and sought their forgiveness for denying them the opportunity of being grandparents, to volunteering at a pregnancy center and now working for the center, the last place I thought I would ever be. This is mind-blowing, and that's God. It is a reminder of how God takes our ashes and turns them into something beautiful. Praise that I have been redeemed and set free. My hope for you is to leave here tonight knowing how much you are loved and valued by our Heavenly Father. He wants your heart, which in turn will transform your mind, which in turn will transform your desires to live for Him and repent from your struggles. I would like to encourage you all to to go all in, trusting that God wants his best for you. Keep in mind it took us many years to come to the point to recognize our sinful pattern and our need for healing. There's no need to rush the process. It's a journey, and it will take some time to break free from those chains that bind you. My name is Celine. 
I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from guilt, shame, and pride. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you for your overwhelming, never-ending love. Thank you for pursuing our hearts, even when we don't pursue you. And more importantly, thank you for the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and the beautiful meaning of the cross. Amen.